Good morning. Would you all stand with me today for the reading of God's word? My name is Bella Horn. Um, my husband and I have been attending Glad Tidings Hartford City for about two years now. Um, typically on a Sunday morning, you can find me up leading the sound booth, um, sometimes work in the we uh, Welcome Center, ushering, um, and I'm also a, a youth leader for our student ministries. Um, and so today we will be reading out of Joshua 1, 1 through 7, and 3, 14 through 17. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you step foot, you will be on the land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north to the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you for as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from the, them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water at that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed on the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people who crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Amen. You guys give it up for Bella. <clears throat> we continue in our series, Taking Ground. Um, very excited. I believe God has a timely word for every single person in this room today. Um, we have been praying and believing and asking God for some big things. We believe this year, 2023, is a year that God has in store for you individually, for you and your family, and also for us as a church to take ground and see darkness push back in the name of Jesus. Amen? Today, I really believe, is a significant moment in many people's lives if if we will but just trust God and step into what he has called us to do. I believe that this is, again, a, a pivotal moment in the life of our church and in the life of our families. And so we're going to ask and invite God's presence just to speak to us in might and power through his word, but also for us to be filled with his spirit in such a way that we say, yes. Because you cannot take ground without obedience. Obedience is the key that we need. So let's pray. Father, we come before you. Jesus, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence into this room. God, we pray that you would take your word that is living, it's true, it's mighty, it's powerful, it's active, and that you would whisper into hearts today. God, I pause even now for a moment, and I pray that under the mighty name of Jesus, that even today, Lord, strongholds would fall. 
generational addiction would be put to an end in the name of Jesus today. That, Lord, there would be freedom in this place like never before for many hearts and lives. But not only that, but that there would be calling and power and beauty as you speak and whisper to us about the things you still have in store for us. And so, Jesus, we ask you to do what only you can do. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. We're in this series, Taking Ground, and we've really been um, looking at in this goal. We believe there is something in your life that God is calling you to take ground in. And that this year is uniquely designed in such a way that God is calling you. And it's going to require you to step up and step into something by faith. And so we've been looking through this this series. We've been looking through this lens. We've been praying for it individually and as families and even as a church. We believe that this is a year that God has uniquely placed us to make an impact here in Hartford City in Blackford County for the sake of the gospel. We want to see people come into the kingdom who do not know Jesus. And so we need your help. Not only that, but we want to pray and believe in in the huge things that God has in store for you. And I I really do. I want you to pray. I want you to believe that this is a year that God's going to do some things in your life. And so that's kind of where we're picking up this story today. We're with the nation of Israel, and they're on um, the precipice of promise. They're, they're, they're heading towards what God has called them to do. They're heading in this place where they know the next step is coming. And, and so what we see is this in verse chapter, sorry, in verse two, the time has come. And this is what it says. It says, Moses, my servant is dead. First of all, what an opening line. <laughs> That's like, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. What we see is this, is that in the nation of Israel and their history, this is a significant moment. There's a shift that's taking place. In our lives, there are shifts as well. Like I want you, if you're a parent in the room, think pre and post kid. <laughs> right? Remember whenever you could actually just get up and leave the house without even thinking? Now all you hear is, where are my shoes? I only have one. My socks mismatch. And you're like, what? <laughs> it was so easy before. Yeah, B, you, got the, you guys got some fun coming your way here in just a couple of days. Everybody take a moment. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Bless them. They need help. <laughs> right? There's a shift that's taking place. <laughs> There's a serious shift that's taking place in the nation of Israel. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. God is speaking to Joshua about the nation of Israel. He's taking them from waiting and growing and learning and experiencing and being just on the edge of what he has called them to, to now shifting them to, hey, it's time to lead. It's time to move. It's time for action. It's time to take ground. And can I tell you something that I really believe that in your life, that shift is right now. And this is what it says. Not just the time has come, but the time has come for you to lead with action. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. 
God was specifically calling Joshua and the nation of Israel to take ground by leading with action. I love this. For a long time, Joshua has been following Moses. And, and God gives Joshua the same promise he gave Moses, and it's a beautiful promise. He says to Joshua, he goes, everywhere you set your foot will be yours. Can I tell you something? I'm getting my steps in that day. I'm, I'm walking everywhere. I'm circling everything. I'm running through the land. It's fine. I'm like, I'm going to get every spot that I can because if everywhere I step on my foot, it's mine. Like, God's like, Joshua, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be by your side, but it's time for you to take the people of God and to lead them with action into what I'm calling, into what I'm giving them, into the promise that I've had for them for a long time. And today, can I just be honest with you? It's time for some of us to lead with action, to lead our marriages, to lead our families, to lead our neighbors, to lead those who we go to work with, to, to reveal through our life in such a way what God is doing and what he is calling. And it's gonna take us stepping into the promise that he has for us. Taking ground is all about God's plans, I want you to think from this, even this story. It reveals God's plan, God's promise, and God's power. His plan, he says, be bold and be strong, Joshua, because I'm going to be with you. This is my plan that I swore to your ancestors. He says, it's my promise. It's the land I'm giving to them. He says, it's by my power. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. Can I tell you something? Listen to me. In your life, there's things that God's calling you to and from that you must rely on his plan, his promise, and his power. Not by might, nor by your power, but by the spirit of God. See, we have to allow belief to transform into action. Read with me again. Be, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Notice he repeats it a second time. Anytime there's a, sec, there's a repeat in scripture, God's emphasizing something. Be strong and very courageous, Joshua. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Don't deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, and you'll be successful in everything that you do. We need to be led by God. We need to be in alignment with his will. We need to have the right attitude and then we must choose action. I love this. He, he says to, to Joshua, he goes, you need to be bold and be strong. You know why he says that? Think about Joshua for just a second. He's about to enter somewhere he's never been before. There's a little bit of pitter-patter going on. When God starts speaking to you about something that either you're supposed to turn from or to turn to, there, there's an aspect there where like your, your heart beats a little bit faster and you're like, oh, and God's going, I'm with you. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be scared. You don't need to be worried. You don't have to, because I'm with you. I'm going to be by your side. It is time for us to allow the belief in who God is to transform our lives into action. We need to be led by the spirit, not our flesh. But here's the problem. The issue is we often get stuck in the season. I want to read to you again. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, my Israelites, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving you. Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Don't bypass that line. It's not a small, significant line. It, this is huge. Joshua has followed in the footsteps of Moses for quite some time. Everywhere that Moses would go, Joshua would go. Every step that Moses would take, Joshua would take. When Moses goes into the tent of meeting, Joshua goes into the tent of meeting. When Moses deals with the rebels and the, the punks, <laughs> Joshua sees how he does it. Joshua has been watching Moses' life for 40 plus years, following in every footstep. I, I've got... Um, I've got four kids, and uh, not my youngest, but my third youngest, <laughs> Calvin, is now currently my little duckling, right? On a Sunday morning, whenever I come walking in, um, it's like he's attached. Sometimes, you know, parents, what I'm talking about, it's more than just even metaphorically. They literally are attached to your hip. It's just like, like you take a step, and they physically are hanging on to you as you take that step, <laughs> Uh, and and what, I what I love about that is when I come in here, he comes in and he helps me. He helps turn like the, the snake on to get the sound system going on a Sunday morning. Everywhere I go, it's like he's following me. And the truth is that that's kind of what the last 40 years have been like for Joshua. Every single, I mean, he's following so closely the footsteps of Moses that he's doing what Moses does. He's trying to pray like Moses prays. He's trying to act like Moses acts. He's watching how Moses leads. He's watching how Moses sees people who have rebelled and wanted to kill him, and Moses prays for them. So when we get to this line, this is a significant line. A season is coming to a close. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come. In other words, God is looking at Joshua and he's going, you're moving into a new season that you have no idea what the territory looks like. And you have no one now to follow their example. It's you. You have to step into it. You have to trust me. You have to follow my guidance. You have to follow my leading. You have to step into the future that I have in store for you. And not only that, but now people are going to be following you. You're to lead these people across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. Can I tell you sometimes, though, the issue is we get stuck in our season. Some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're in a season right now. It's a season where maybe it was a season of pain or a season of loss or a season of disappointment. A season of waiting, going, God, where are you in the midst of all of this? That's kind of where Israel's at in this moment. <laughs> it's been 40 years they've been in the wilderness because of the poor choices that their parents made. Some of you, you've been stuck in a season of brokenness because of generational sin that has happened. And in the name of Jesus today, God is looking at you and he's saying, it's time for it to end with you. That you're to make a choice and you're to take a step and say, no, 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 not in my family anymore. The buck stops here. By the power of Jesus, Living and flowing through me, I'm going to step in in obedience to what he calls, and my kids aren't going to have to deal with the same things that I dealt with. But can I tell you something? In order to do that, you've got to take that first step. And for them, 
we see the Jordan River. Can I just tell you something? None of them had ever crossed the Jordan. They're sitting here and, and they're looking. This is new, unoccupied territory. This is places they haven't been. This is a call that they're supposed to be doing. A season has ended. Moses was his mentor and a lot has happened. And for some of us, listen to me, there's things that God has taught you in the midst of all this. Maybe he's given you wisdom. There's lessons you've learned. Your leadership has increased. Maybe your heart has been tried and tested through fire and through circumstance. Or maybe he was trying to craft your calling. But whatever it is right now, what is needed is action and movement for what lies ahead. And here's why we need to understand the times. There's always a pull inside us whenever God speaks to go, I need to think, plan, and prepare. We do it like this as Christians. God starts to whisper something and we're like, I'll pray about it, God. <laughs> what we mean by that is, I'm a little scared right now, so give me some time to pray and we're just gonna stay here camped in stagnation for a little while longer. And God's like, nope. Do you notice? God doesn't go to Joshua and be like, I need you guys to just spend about the next four years praying about moving into my promise. No, he says to Joshua, be bold, be strong, go. Right? But if we're not careful, we'll get stuck in a season of stagnation rather than implementation. And if we get stuck in stagnation, then we can get comfortable with our past. What we need is to cross the Jordan. Verse 15 says this, it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away. Um, let me give you just a little bit of the setting that's going on here. All right, let's, let's start with this. It says it was harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. This does not mean calm, cool waters. <laughs> this is a little bit dangerous. It's flood waters. It's overflowing its banks. And you've got an entire nation that has been sitting here on the precipice of promise, waiting to move into what God has called them to do. But there's this body of water that separates their past from their future. There's this dividing line literally in the sand where they're going, okay, when we cross this, we're in new territory. We're stepping into what he has promised us for a long time. But the Jordan blocks them. You've got Joshua who's been instructed by God, listen, you're going to take the people, you're going to cross the Jordan. And the, the picture you get is they're probably expecting it in some way to be a little bit like the stories from their past. Like every little Israelite boy and girl would have their whole life growing up, all those years in the wilderness taking part in the Passover and hearing the story and hearing about when the Egyptians chased them to the Red Sea and Moses took his staff and he just put it out over the water and what happened? Whoosh! the water moved, right? So the, the picture you almost get is like, they're sitting here going, okay, little, Joshua, you got a staff. Let's just kind of do that thing. And God's like, no, we're not doing it that way. It says this, it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks, but as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away. The picture you get is you've got the priests out there holding the most sacred object the entire nation has. It's covered in gold. 
It's the symbol of God's presence. But they have to step into the water before it moves. They have to step into the flood before the water parts. They have to step into the promise before they see the provision. Can I tell you, listen to me, some of you, you're waiting for God to part the water and God's going, step. I don't know if you've ever like stepped into water in jeans before. That's like the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> Especially if it's like beach water and the sand gets in there. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like, ugh. It's like the worst feeling. You get that like nasty rubbing on your leg and you're just like this. It's not comfortable. Sometimes when you start to step into what God's called you to be, it's not comfortable. The priests had to step, and as soon as their feet got into the water, it was then that God started to create and do the miracle. They were required to walk and step in and take ground before God moved. And the truth is the same with our lives. Listen to me. God is calling some of you, and you know this for a fact. He, he's challenging you to step into your Jordan, to understand the Jordan. Listen, this was a physical and a spiritual landmark. This body of water, it represented a shift that was taking place where they were turning from slavery and stepping into freedom, where they were going from wandering into promise where they were going from the past of our family and everything that has been to what God has declared and promised us to be true. And the instructions are not like last time. They are different. They had to step into the promise before they saw the provision. It's the place where there's a shift from slavery and wandering and brokenness into healing and wholeness and beauty. It represents breakthrough. It represents stepping into new territory. It represents obedience and obeying God to take ground. Listen to me. It was at the Jordan River that Israel stepped into something new because they trusted the promise of God. And it was at the Jordan River that Jesus was baptized and his ministry began. The apostle Peter had a taking ground moment much like this as well. I want to talk to you for just a little bit about the apostle Peter. Just like Israel had two moments there that were kind of alike but were different, Peter had the same type of thing. You get early on in the, in the ministry of Jesus, he's calling his early disciples, and there's this phenomenal moment. It's one of my favorite stories. Peter and a few of his buddies are out there fishing, and uh, this is what they do for a living. They're not like um, fun fishermen. <laughs> They're like, this is our business. This is what we take pride in. Oh, oh, I'm a good fisherman, right? <laughs> like, this is what I do every day. It's, it's their thing. And the picture you get is they're out on their boat, right? And, and they've been doing their thing all night. And then this, this crazy little carpenter rabbi shows up on the shore. And he's looking out of the boat. And I, I want you to think about this. Every person in this room, there is something that you are exceptional at. Just take a moment and think about that. Some of you are world-class cooks. Some of you, you've got such a gift of hospitality. Some of you, like, you um, excel at knitting or crocheting or building things, right? I want you to think about whatever the thing it is that you excel at and someone who has no knowledge in it walking up and giving you advice. 
There's nothing more annoying than that, right? Right? You've got these guys, and they have been out all night long. This is what they do for a living, and they haven't caught a thing. Not a minnow. <laughs> There's no fish on the boat. They've been slaving all night long, throwing their nets over the side again and again, trying to get fish, trying to get fish. I know all the spots. I've fished this lake my whole life. I know every little nook and cranny of it. I know where they like to hide. I know where these go from. I know the best way to bring in the nets. Nothing. Daybreak comes. No sleep, tired, exhausted, and from the shore, carpenter rabbi goes, Did you catch anything? <laughs> right? Instantly you're like, <laughs> And not only does he ask that, but then he goes, Why don't you throw your nets on the other side of the boat? <laughs> right? They're probably like, Why don't you go build a chair? Right? <laughs> Like, are you kidding me? Like, throw my, like, that's going to do anything? <laughs> but they do. And the nets are so full, they're breaking. They get to the shore. Jesus looks at them and he says, I've called you not to be fishers like this, but I'm calling you to come follow me and be fishers of men. The next three years, in that moment, they lay down their nets. Listen to me. That's, that's more than just a line in Scripture. That's saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm laying down my livelihood. I'm laying down my profession. I'm laying down everything for the sake of following you. And they do for three years. Peter sees the amazing. He watches blind eyes get open. He watches deaf ears get released. He watches Jesus look at a mummy and say, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus is like, I'm alive. Like that had to be a scary moment. But he sees it. He sees Jesus take a kid's lunchable packet and turn it into feeding the 5,000. Like seriously, like it's this amazing moment. Peter sees all these different things. And what I love about Peter is the Bible doesn't sanitize his story. It tells us all about him. He's a lot like you and he's a lot like me. He's got ups and downs. There's great moments and then there's others. There's moments where he's saying, like, you know, this is the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then there's another moment where he's got his foot in his mouth. He's just like you. He's just like me. Three years go by. It's a fateful night. It's the night that Jesus is betrayed. Jesus informs everyone what's about to happen. And Peter's like, I'll follow you anywhere. I'll follow you to the grave. I will die for you. And Jesus looks at him and he's like, before the rooster crows, Three times you're going to deny me. And Peter's like, whatever. <laughs> Nighttime falls. Their world gets upended. They're betrayed by one of their friends. Peter, in a moment of attempted bravery, hacks off a person's ear. Jesus heals him. <laughs> Which that had to be, <laughs> that's a whole other sermon. But I'm just... <laughs> Can you imagine, you're like, I just took a guy's ear off and then Jesus heals him. <laughs> and he's starting to notice things are shifting and he sees Jesus be captured and he sees things are changing and he sees that it's not looking good and he sees it's most likely Jesus ain't gonna make it out of this. And then he's starting to wonder, did I put all my faith in the wrong person? Is he really the Messiah if he's about to die? And he's got all these questions and all these wonderings, but he's following kind of at a distance, trying to see what's going on. And he finds himself in this courtyard around this charcoal fire and the flames are coming up and it's nighttime. 
and he's trying to see what's going on. And as he's looking in, trying to hear, eavesdrop, find out what's going on, across from the fire from him, this, this lady goes, you look familiar. I think I know you. You were with him. And he's like, no, no, not me. I, I've never met the guy. I'm, I'm just here. Second time. Hey, you sound a lot like the people he's been hanging out with. Like, you're with him, aren't you? And he's like, no, 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 no. He starts getting angry. He starts cussing him out. That's what scripture says. He's throwing curses at him. He's trying to get out of the situation. Third time. And as he denies Jesus a third time, the rooster crows. He looks up and he sees the face of Jesus. And it says he goes and he weeps bitterly. Ooh, man, what a disorienting moment. You go from hacking a guy's ear off <laughs> to denying your master three times in the span of just a few hours. But isn't that a lot like our life? See, the question becomes is what do we do after that moment? What do we do in that moment where we're stuck in that season or we're stuck in that moment of failure? We're stuck. And the truth is, is that just a few days later, Jesus is going to rise from the grave. And the picture we get is this, is he starts appearing to the disciples. And you've got this beautiful moment where Christ has appeared to them and like everything's kind of being restored. And they're like, oh my goodness, he's alive. He's alive. But like there's a part of Peter that's kind of went and writ himself off. Like, okay, the other disciples, they can still be used, but they didn't deny him three times. I did. Right? Come on, put yourself in his shoes. You're like, Jesus can't use me. I, on the night he was betrayed, I also betrayed him. I denied him. So the Gospel of John records the story like this. It says that one morning Peter wakes up and there's a couple of disciples nearby him. And he says something very important. He goes, I'm going fishing. Do you realize the significance of that moment? Guys, I'm going back to what I know. I'm going back to what I know how to control. I'm going back to the things that made sense because I can't still be used. Guys, this is what I'm doing. And do you realize something? <laughs> He's got a lot of pull because the other disciples are like, well, then we're going to. <laughs> They're like, let's get in the boat. Let's go fishing. So they go fishing. They're out all night long. Guess what? There ain't no fish. <laughs> don't you love that God's got a sense of humor? Like, I don't know. I, I need to know that about my God because <laughs> with, the, with my life, I, I need it. But the point is this. So you have Peter again. They're out there. They've been fishing all night long, and they're, they're doing their thing. And again, there's this rabbi that's on the shore, and Jesus is like, hey, guys. <laughs> like you get like the echo going across the water. Guys, guys, guys. <laughs> Did you catch anything? And Peter's like, no. Why don't you try the other side of the boat? They throw it on the other side of the boat. The nets are so full, it's almost sinking the boats. 
Peter instantly knows it's Jesus. He jumps in the water. He swims to shore. He gets to shore, and there Jesus is, and he's got breakfast. That's a good day, right? <laughs> now, it's like fish and stuff, so like I'm like, eh. But like if I showed up and Jesus got like biscuits and gravy, a little bit of bacon cooking on the frying pan, it's a good day, right? <laughs> but he's got bread and some fish going, okay? So fish and chips, it's like an English thing. So Peter shows up on shore, and there's this charcoal fire. And he looks across to Peter, and he says, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than what you can control? Do you love me more than your past? Do you love me more than your biggest mistake? And Peter looks at him and he says, you know, Lord, I love you. Jesus asks him a second time, Peter, do you love me? You know, Lord, I love you. He asks him a third time. At a charcoal fire, Jesus recreates Peter's biggest failure, but as a moment to restore him. He says, if you love me, then feed my sheep. In other words, Peter, get back to doing what I called you to do. Don't go backwards. Go forward. Peter, now is not the time to go back to who you used to be. It is time to move forward. Listen, Peter's been through a season. A lot has happened, and Christ is returning him. He says the key is you can't go back. Peter, you must take ground. You must go forward. I love this because there's a beautiful correlation. Watch this. Watch Joshua and Peter. Moses is dead. I'm calling you to step up, Joshua. Jesus goes, Peter, I'm leaving and giving you the Holy Spirit. I'm calling you to step up. The time has come. There's a shift that's taking place to move into the promised land, Joshua. Jesus looks at Peter and he looks at the disciple and he says, the time has come, there's a shift taking place. The Holy Spirit's gonna be poured out and you will receive power when he comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And so just a few days after that, they're gonna be in the upper room and the Holy Spirit's gonna fall and guess who's gonna stand up and preach? Peter. And he's gonna preach and 3,000 people are gonna come into the kingdom that day because Peter didn't go back fishing anymore. He stepped forward. He took ground. It didn't matter that he denied Jesus three times. It didn't matter that he'd been a colossal failure. It didn't matter that he was so comfortable and it'd be easy to get back into his season. He said, no, 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 I'm gonna step forward. I'm gonna take ground, okay? He took ground because he trusted in his God. The time has come for him to lead, to take ground and to step into God's plan, God's promise and God's power. Jesus was getting Peter out of being stuck in his season and calling him to take ground. To get out of your season and our season and to take ground, we have to allow belief to activate action. This is for someone here this morning. You know for a fact that God has whispered something to you. It's about something in your life that either needs to die or something that you need to do. It could be an old habit that needs to be put to death. It could be an addiction. It could be a brokenness. It could be a sin that you've been living in and you've got comfortable in. Or it could be a calling that he's placed on your life, something that he's whispered to your soul. Maybe even something that is so far back it happened when you were a kid. And today, 
The Holy Spirit's whispering and he's breathing life into your heart. Even now, for some of you, he's looking at you and he's saying, it's time for the generational cycle of sin to end with you. And I don't even care if you've engaged in that generational cycle. It can still end with you. That's the point of Peter. God uses the one who denied him to be the one who preaches to 3,000. He can use you. But to get out of your season, listen, it, it cannot be based on intention. It cannot be based on God. I feel like you're call- it requires you to get into the water. You're going to have to step into your Jordan. It's going to take you taking that first step. Today, the Holy Spirit is whispering to us and he is saying, my son, my daughter, be bold, be strong, be courageous. I am with you. So step. We have to allow belief to become action. Intention without action will always create unfulfilled dreams. But intention with action always creates development. So you need to address your season. God is speaking to many of us today. He's saying, listen, do not get stuck in your season. The time has come for you to take ground. He is calling for you to step up and lead. There are people who are watching you. Listen, your decision, your calling, and your action affects more than just your life. Those who entered the promised land... They were stuck in the wilderness because of the choices of their parents. But when it was their turn, they walked forward so that their children could live in promise and not slavery. God's calling us in this room today for many of us to say, fight the battle, to pick up your sword, not just for you, not just so that the habit dies, but so that literally your family can live in the promise and no longer in slavery. And we need to address our season. He's calling you to step up, to lead. Are you igniting people to action and to take ground, or are you giving them an example to choose stagnation? We need to allow belief to activate movement and action. Again, Joshua is going to enter the promised land, and he's going to step, and everywhere he steps, God's going to give him. And God speaks to Peter, and he says, go. The Holy Spirit's going to fill you with power. Trust in me. And Peter does it. And what I love this is it's not just on the day of Pentecost. Boom, the church explodes, and you read through the book of Acts, and there comes this moment where they think only Jews can get saved. And God comes down, puts this blanket out for Peter, and it's full of, like, bacon. Great day. And God's like, Peter, take and eat. And Peter's like, I can't. I've never ate this kind of food. I would have been like, ha. Never mind. I had a thought, but Holy Spirit stopped me. I was like, we're just going to keep going. My point is this. Peter stepped into his calling. He addressed his season. He trusted in God. He took ground. He allowed belief to motivate action. What is your wherever you set your foot call? What is your wherever you set your foot call? Can I tell you what it's not? It's not a vision or dream of consumerism or selfish ambition or selfishness. 
It's not a desire to attain a version of the American dream just to have more blank and then I'll finally be happy. Let me tell you what it is. It's an area of your life that God is challenging you that either it needs to die or something you need to turn from. Someone today, God's whispering, quit fishing. Metaphorically, not physically. (laughs) Because I got some fishermen in here that are like, don't you dare. (laughs) Or it's an area of your life that God is calling and challenging you to step forward. Maybe today God's calling someone in this room to be a missionary. Maybe today he's calling you to witness to that person at work that you know you've been supposed to for the last two months. But it's an area where there is a desire to be a part of seeing the kingdom of God expand and to see lives changed and stories altered, to give yourself to something greater than yourself. Maybe it's to pick up your sword and fight for what matters to fight for your family, to fight for your marriage, to fight for your kid's future, to fight for their spiritual development and growth. Address your season. Though some of you, the real fight, it's not necessarily picking up the sword, it's picking up the ax like Gideon because before he could pick up the sword, he had to pick up the ax and kill his family's idols. And so today what God is looking at you is he's not saying necessarily pick up the sword. He's saying, son or daughter, pick up the axe and go to town on what has been destroying your family for a long time. And trust in me. Address your season. Can I tell you something? You may very well be at your Jordan. The question is, will you step into the water? Remember, the Jordan represented a turning point. It was that turning place, the deciding line between slavery in the past and freedom in the future. It's the place where there was a shift from wandering in brokenness to stepping into promise. It was the place that represented breakthrough, stepping into new territory, obeying God to take ground, stepping and leading with obedience. It was at the Jordan that Israel stepped into something new, and it was at the Jordan that Jesus began his ministry. Can I tell you something? Listen to me. Some of you today, today is your Jordan moment. It's that place where, you're, where literally God's got you right on that dividing line. And you know what he's called you into. The question is, are you going to step into the water? It's not going to be comfortable. I wish I could say. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. I wish I could say that when you make this choice today, from here on out, it's going to be smooth sailing Everything's going to be fine and hunky-dory. How many of you know that usually when you make the biggest spiritual decision of your life, the next few days are the worst days of your life? So be prepared. Tomorrow might not be too good. But can I tell you something? Stepping into promise towards your future is far better than going back to the chains of the slavery of your past. And God is calling us individually and as families and as marriages and as a church to step into what he has called us to do. You may very well be at your Jordan. The question is, are you going to step into the water? Are you going to trust in faith in what he has called you to do? Here's what it's going to take. It's going to take a having and I'm taking ground mindset. As you contemplate your next step, 
It's going to take you saying, okay, I am taking ground. For me, for my marriage, for my family, for their future. So let's read God's call one more time to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. The king is looking at you. Be strong. Be courageous. For you're the one to lead your family. You're the one to lead your marriage. You're the one to step up to the plate and become a prayer warrior, to get into his word, to spend time in his presence. You're the one. Be strong and very courageous. Why? Because I'm with you. Oh, I love that. God's not like, hey, be strong and courageous. I hope you got it. <laughs> be strong and courageous. I'm going to be with you. I will not abandon you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Wherever you go, if the waters are high, I'll be there. If the flames are high, I will be there. Wherever you set your foot, I'm going with you. Your king is with you. We have to have a mindset that says, okay, God, I'm trusting in what you say, not what I feel. I'm trusting in what you say, not what my circumstances say. God, I'm trusting in what you're calling me to do and not what feels even comfortable. I'm going to choose to step into the water and do what you've called me to do. Can I tell you something? This isn't just for us. This isn't just for our marriages. This isn't just for our families. This is for our church. Blackford County needs Jesus. Seven out of ten people that live in this county don't go to church anywhere. We go to work with them every day. We see them in our grocery stores. People who are hurting and broken, look at they many times they put on a great face and try to make it look like everything. You have no idea what's unraveling behind the scenes. And they're looking for hope and they're desperate for something real. And God is looking at you, and he's looking at me, and he's saying, you are my sent ones. As a church this year, we're praying and believing for 36 people to come to know Jesus. 36. How cool would it be? December 31st, 2023 comes, and we're celebrating 36 people who did not know Jesus and who've put their faith in him. Come on. That's something. But can I tell you something? Listen to me. That number will never happen if we don't be the church. We got to leave these doors and we have to be people that are going, hey, in the people's lives that we interact with, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you what he's done in my life. I want to tell you what he's doing in my church. Hey, will you come to church with me? I'll take you to lunch afterwards or you can come to lunch at my house. Or if you come to church with me, I'll bake you brownies. When has anyone ever turned down brownies? <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> Seriously. What if we used our lives for the sake of the gospel and for the expanse of the kingdom? I'm telling you, I, I want to be a part of a church that pushes back darkness. We're praying that we would see an increase this year in our church where God just grows us spiritually, numerically. Where we're, we're praying and believing that people's lives are going to be changed, stories forever altered as people come to know Jesus. But it's going to take us, listen to me, each one of us stepping into the water. 
Do you realize they did a study and like 70% of the people in America said that if someone would just actually invite them to church, they would say yes? 70%. All it takes is one invitation to change a person's life. All it takes is one text message. One prayer. One time coming up to the altar, picking out names, praying and saying, God, I believe. I'm praying, Jesus, I'm asking in faith. I'm praying right now, God, for Rodney, that he would come to know you this year. God, I'm praying specifically, Lord, for Veronica. Wow, that's two R's in a row. God, I'm praying for John. God, I'm praying for Braden. God, I'm praying that these people would come to know you, Jesus, and that we pray and believe that the Lord of the harvest can do that very thing for your coworkers, for your nieces, for your nephews, for your sons, for your daughters, for the prodigals in your life. Let's pray and believe. Let's step into the water. Be bold, be strong, be courageous, for God is with you. As the band comes up to bring us, we're gonna bring this to a close. Uh, can I ask you to just stand with me today? Holy Spirit, we pray that your presence would rest in this room in might and power right now, God. Jesus, that you would do what only you can do. We're going to bring the lights down. I really do believe that today is meant to be a turning point for someone's life. That there's going to be a shift that takes place. For someone, it's going to move from being in bondage to slavery to stepping into freedom. For some families, it's going to be, no, 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 no. We're going to get so serious about pursuing God because we want the generational sins of our past to die in the name of Jesus. For some, you know there's something that he has whispered in your heart. There's maybe a person you're supposed to be witnessing to. There's a thing that he's calling you to do. There's a mission that he's placed upon your heart. There, there's something unique. Maybe he's called you to step up and start serving here at Glad Tidings, serving in some capacity, serving here in the community. There, there's something that he's whispering into hearts and lives today. Maybe it's, it's the, like, God, for this year, there's never going to be a single day that goes by that I don't pray for my family to come to know Jesus. And God, I'm going to take every open window of opportunity to tell them about Jesus. I don't know. But what I do know is this, is that today is meant to be a turning point. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. I firmly believe you are not here by accident today. The spirit of the living God has drawn you to this service and he has something in store for you. And if you're here within the sound of my voice and you know that you know that you know what your taking ground moment is this year, he's whispered it to your heart. Again, it can be a lot of different things. It could be something in your area of your heart that needs to die. It's time. It is time to put it to death. It's like to be Gideon. Today you're saying, okay, God, give me the ax. I will go to the idols and I will destroy them and step forward and trust that you are better. Some of you, it's that whisper that he's put in your heart. 
of what he's calling you towards, calling you to. Some of you, it's that person that he has laid on your heart that you know that you know. God is saying, I have called you into their life for such a time as this to be a bright, shining example and witness for my kingdom. But here's what I'm asking. In just a second, I'm gonna ask you to make a move and here's why. If you know what your taking ground moment is, I want you to spiritually and physically take your first step today. What we're gonna do is we're gonna open up the altars as they sing these two closing songs and I wanna pray for you. We're gonna have other people be praying for you. But I want you to take action. Listen to me, I know right now, as soon as I say that, some of you, your heart's palpitating. It's beating a little bit faster. You're going, no, 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 he's talking to somebody else. He's not talking to me. He's talking to somebody else. He's not talking to me. He's talking to somebody else. No, 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 I'm talking to you. The Holy Spirit of God is in this place and he's talking to you. He's drawing you. (laughs) He's wooing your heart back to himself. And he wants you today to take your first step towards taking ground. We are praying and believing that this would be a place of freedom, that there would be a move of God that would happen in our midst, that there, this would be the year that lives would be changed and stories, and by stories, I mean your story and your family's story and your children's story. Some of you, 40 years from now, your kids are gonna be telling their kids about they remember the day that their mom and dad took their step to fight for their family. And so this is what I'm going to do. We're going to open the altars in just a second. If you know what your taking ground moment is, I'm going to ask you to respond by coming forward. And we're going to pray and believe that God is going to empower you, strengthen you, fill you with his spirit to create opportunities for you to do it. And so one final thing I want to declare over you before we open the altars. And if you can, just look at me. Just look at me. Be bold, be strong, be courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, I pray over every person in this room, Holy Spirit, would you move in our midst? Would you change lives? Would this become an altar of freedom, an altar of promise, an altar where callings are unleashed, an altar where things are changed and shaken in the heavenlies? We invite you to come and speak. We invite you to come and move by the power of your name. We pray. If you're here today and you know what your taking ground moment is, don't wait for somebody else. Start moving now. Find your way to the altar. Don't wait for somebody else. Find your way to the altar. If you know that God has called you, there's something that he is challenging you to do. There's someone he's calling you to. There's a person in your life. Don't wait for somebody else. Find your way here to the altar. We're gonna pray over you. We're gonna pray and believe that God's gonna do something in our midst. We're gonna pray and believe that that lives are gonna be forever changed. Not just yours, but your families, your future. Everything's gonna be different. And so we're going to pray and invite the Spirit of God to do that. And so we're going to worship our way to freedom. So as the band leads us, I want to encourage you, if you're here in this room and you're a prayer warrior, start praying. Start praying and let's believe and ask God to do what only he can do.